listening to the Daily Roundup here as part of the Reality Steve podcast. I am your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. A good Tuesday show for you. We're going to go over that episode last night of The Bachelor, episode number three. I've got an update on the fan appreciation party in Las Vegas. We've got our location secured. Also going to talk about the rumblings about Bachelor in Paradise. Yet another person has come out and said they're hearing it as well. Nick Vial had his baby. How about that? Give a little congratulations to him. One of the women last night on the show took to Instagram stories or a reel before the show last night and gave a little background of it. We'll discuss that. Remember how I talked earlier this season about the challenge and what was happening off screen was seemingly way more interesting than what was going on on screen? Well, I found those tweets. Granted, they were from about six weeks ago, but I found them. I'm going to read those to you in case you've missed it. And then if we have time to get to any Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift stuff, we'll get to that as well. There is one small thing out there that I wanted to point out yet again. We'll get to all that momentarily. All right, I want to start out with this. I've told you all that the fan appreciation party this year in Las Vegas is going to be Friday night, June 7th. The location has been secured. It is going to be at the Venetian Hotel on the Strip. My favorite hotel. I was able to work out what I needed to with them. It's going to be at a restaurant at the hotel. It's going to be at the Grand Lux Cafe in the Venetian. Now, there is one at the Palazzo. I had to choose between which one I wanted to use. I chose the Venetian side because, well, basically that's the place I eat the most at when I go there. I mean, I basically eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner when I go there. This is going to be, I think, food-wise and drink-wise, best party we've ever had. We have six choices of appetizers now. So please, those of you who have already RSVP'd for the party, please come with a full stomach because there will be plenty of food for everybody. There will be plenty of tables there. You can sit and eat. It is going to be really good. Open beer and wine bar for the three hours there. If you want an extra drink, if you want something that is not beer and wine, you are will you will be able to get it as well. You have to pay for it on the spot, but you will be able to get something. So it's not just limited to beer and wine. Anybody wants to drink anything else, you would just pay for it right on the spot. But we have beer and wine is open bar and covered for you guys. So... Looking forward to it. Here's where we're at. I have about half the spots left that are open to the public. We've already filled up in two weeks. We've already filled half the party. And that's usually the way it goes. So if you are interested, remember, this is first come, first serve, and you are not booked and on the confirmation list until you send me a flight itinerary if you're flying in, a hotel reservation if you are driving in, or if you're a Vegas local, you just need to tell me you're going to be there. So please get your name on the list. I cannot go over 100 people this year, and I don't want to go really any less than that because I'm paying for 100 people. They are basically bought and paid for. So anyone that doesn't show up, I'm footing the bill. So please, if you have RSVP'd, which almost half of you that are uh, being able to go to the party have, all I ask is that you show up. Obviously, if there's an emergency last minute, there's nothing you can do. I get it. But... Um, last year was the first year where everybody who said they were going to be there was there. So I just want to emphasize that this year, even more so I need you there if you're RSVP because this is all prepaid for in the past, the party has been, I order what I think the party needs this one. They are charging per head. 
So because it's at a restaurant. The best part is I don't have to worry about anything. Getting people up to the room, like, you know, that's been a hassle sometimes because you need a key to get up to the room. I got to send my niece and her friends down to go get people. And there's just, you know, people coming up at different times. This is you just walk into the restaurant and everything will be taken care of. I don't have to worry about cleanup, nothing. So it's going to be at the Venetian at the Grand Lux Cafe. We have our own separate room for the party. Can't wait. This is going to be the best one yet because their food is outstanding. And I love their food there. So anyway, if you're interested in coming to the party, still about 40 spots left. Now I say, you say, well, wait a second. I thought you had 100. How do you only have 40 spots left? And you said half of it is left. Well, I've got a, I've basically set aside about 20 for people in my group. Now that end up, that could end up being less people, but to be on the safe side, I got to set at least a 20 aside night now for people that I know that are coming, you know, I know Courtney and her husband want to come. I know Dave and Tasha want to come, but I don't know with their babies due if it's going to be feasible. So I'm leaving it open now. It could open up on the back end. I understand that people would need time to purchase a flight and come in, but maybe a Vegas local can make it at last minute. The bottom line is I need to leave about 20 spots open for myself and people that I know that are coming because I've asked a few people to come in the reality TV world. You know, like I said, Courtney and her husband, I think they're in. Uh, and friends of mine that are coming. So um, basically we have 40 spots that have been RSVP'd for. We have 40 open spots that first come, first serve. Anybody can still come. And then I've got 20 that I have set aside. That could end up being a smaller number. So just know that I might have more than 40 spots available. But we're, you know, today is what? February 7th. Oh, no, 6th. Sorry. So we are four months away, right? March, April, May, June. We are four months from tomorrow is the party. So I'm guessing we can get 40 people considering we've booked 40 people in two weeks. So just wanted to get that out there. Yesterday I was talking about Bachelor in Paradise. And about a couple months ago or about a month ago, I said, hey, I'm hearing it's going to be postponed. We're going Golden Bachelorette right after Bachelorette. And I just don't see how they're going to fit in Bachelor in Paradise. Chris Harrison says on his podcast Friday, he's hearing that bachelor in paradise is being postponed meaning they're going to take a year off at least and reevaluate what's going to happen it could go away forever but it doesn't look like it's happening this year well someone informed me that juliette Littman, someone who used to have me on her podcast all the time and now for whatever reason hates me she said on her podcast bachelor party that she's hearing bachelor in paradise has been postponed now the reason why that is important is because juliette Littman has had executive of alternative programming at ABC, Robert Mills, on her podcast numerous times. So it's pretty fair to say that when Juliet says she's hearing it's postponed, that's coming directly from Robert Mills, who is literally the one who makes the decision on something like this. So I'm not saying I know who Juliet's source is on this, but if she's saying it and know that Robert Mills has been her podcast numerous times, I'm guessing even if she heard that from somewhere else, and it was wrong, Mills would contact her and say like, hey, you might, you might not want to be saying that because we don't know yet or something. But if she's saying it, good chance it's coming from Robert Mills. So unfortunately, the women for Joey's season probably going to have to wait a year to be on a summer show because it does not look like it's happening this season. I've gone over with you the schedule for what it is. Bachelor and um, Bachelorette is going to film right after Joey's season. And then we're going to go right into, when I say right into, they're going to take some time off, a couple weeks, and go into Golden Bachelorette filming is what I'm hearing they're going to do. 
which would run into mid to end of June. And then it's like, okay, what are they really going to film Bachelor in Paradise in July and go into August when that whole resort isn't even where they're going to use anymore? I just telling you, as, as I told you guys a month ago, I have good authority that this is not happening this summer, but it's not official, official, quote unquote, until ABC says, no, we're not going to do it. I think maybe the first time we'll hear something would be at the Women Tell All, because usually Jesse, when he brings someone up, in, someone up in the hot seat, that is obviously a popular character on this show. He brings someone up in the hot seat and for sure says, like, I think we'll see you uh, maybe somewhere in paradise this summer. You know, he always says that. So if he doesn't even bring that up at the Women Tell All, we can pretty much basically 86 the whole paradise is happening this summer. And I know a lot of people aren't expecting this, but congratulations go out to Nick Vial and Natalie uh, for having their daughter, River Rose Vial. And they are probably ecstatic and over the moon, as they should be. be really interesting to see if Nick can care for somebody as much as he cares about himself. You know, we'll see. And just remember, you can have a kid and still be an asshole. Moving on. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place, and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So last night, let's talk about episode number three. It's going to be up in my uh, column tomorrow, or excuse me, today. Check it out on realitysteve.com. There is, it's like there's a lot that happened last night, but really not a whole hell of a lot. So I'm just going to hit on some key points here. I'm going to go into, you know, not more in depth, but just kind of have a little fun at the expense of last night's episode. I tweeted it out at the beginning of episode that I think the biggest drama last night, you can all talk about your... Maria versus Sydney. I don't even care about that drama. I really care about the Askin drama, you know, because even though they appear, now this was filmed back in September when they had that date. Might have been the first week of October when they had that date, but the Mrs. Wright date, April and Susan and Kathy and Nancy. Well, there is no longer an Askin. April is no longer part of that group, but we don't know what happened. We don't know if the other three cut her off or she decided to just get out of that group. Something happened because they are not close anymore, at least the four of them. The three of them are. The skin are, but not the A. April is out of that, and we don't know why. That's probably, I'm more interested in finding out the reason behind that than trying to dissect the Sydney and Maria drama, honestly. Now, um, they had to do, 
a wardrobe, you know, the three things that were part of this talent show, wardrobe, Q&A, and a talent, they didn't spend a lot of time on really anything where anything really stuck out. The lazy Sunday, you know, robe or whatever, the Q&A. Was the Q&A really all that, you know? They asked Maria, if you've been married for 30 years, how are you going to spice things up? Um, They asked Sydney if you've ever had to fake it. And she said, to be honest, yes. I don't know why they couldn't say orgasm on television. Uh, they, they, they have so many more sexual. They have so many sexual innuendos on that show. Why are they not allowed to say that? I don't know. You know what? It may be because Joseph daughter, Joseph's daughters was watching. That's why. How could I forget? How could I forget to tweet that out too? Why are you letting us know that Sydney has faked it before when Joseph's daughter is watching? Kelsey, they asked her if she was trapped in an elevator with Joey, what would she do? She said she'd make new memories. Oh, boy. Freaky deaky. Lexi um, was asked what his most attractive quality is, and she said his heart and sincerity. Then they went on to the talent portion. And really, anytime the show has ever done a talent show, it is literally to embarrass at least one of the women where they will get one of the women to do something ridiculously embarrassing. And this episode was Sydney. Like, I'm sure some producer behind the scenes was telling her, yeah, it'll be a great idea if you do a cheer. Like you're in eighth grade and you're cheering for your crush at the school who's playing in the football game. And you're on the sidelines spelling out his name. I mean, that was so cringy to watch. Now, I don't, Sydney was probably a cheerleader in high school. Like, I get it. Maybe she was even a cheer. Maybe she was even a cheerleader or a song leader in college. The point being, it was awful. Somebody talked her into that, and she thought that was a good idea. It was very, very cringy. Lexi, her talent was she's the world's best kisser, so she made out with him. That didn't seem to sit well with any with a lot of the women. Just because that's not a talent, she just took the easy way out and decided she wanted to make out with him. But anyway, Kelsey A. ended up getting the group date rose on that. For Maria's, excuse me, for Maria, for Jen's one-on-one, oh, I'm sorry, I'm just, I'm totally skipping over what happened at the after party. And I don't want to skip over it, but I'm just, I'm, I'm here to say that something is off with what's being shown. It's just clear as day to me that things are being left on the editing room floor. I just don't know what they are because the vitriol that Sydney has for Maria shouldn't be there based on what we've been shown. It just shouldn't. Because Maria hasn't really done anything wrong that we've been shown. So something tells me, but I can't sit here and tell you what it is, nor, because I, I don't know. But something's not matching up with how much it, you know, the, there is a, just this bad blood between these two. And you've got Edwina who has said like, Maria just speaks her mind. She does. This is who she is. And then you got Leah who is sitting on the couch with Sydney and she's basically bad mouthing Maria. So I know a lot of people are taking everything out on Sydney, but if you're taking stuff out on Sydney, you need to take it out on Leah because Leah has clearly sided with Sydney in this. So, and I know a lot of you have a very high opinion of Leia, but you love to play guilt by association. So, if you don't like Sydney, that means you don't like Leia because Leia is absolutely 100% in Sydney's corner on this. 
So what's your stance on that? Because that's why I'm saying things aren't being shown because Leia has the same feelings towards Maria that Sydney does. And we're just like, wait a second, but where have we seen this? So something's off. I'm telling you, something isn't adding up here. And that's my take on the whole Sydney and Maria thing because, yeah, I agree with you that Sydney is completely overreacting. Does she need to get death threats on the Internet? Does she need to get hate on the Internet? Absolutely not. Anybody that's blowing up Sydney's Instagram or blowing up Maria's Instagram, again, I, I, again, I could say it till I'm blue in the face every season. It does not matter. People aren't going to listen to me. But I am going to say it. Don't do it. If you don't like Sydney and you hate her and you think she's the bully in all this, great. Tell your friends. You don't need to tell her. And if you think Maria's the bully in all this and you can't stand Maria, great. Tell your friends. Don't tell her. Nobody cares. You don't need to take it so seriously where you take it out on these contestants. So please don't do that. I'm just telling you watching this, it is not adding up to me. Something is missing. And I don't know what it is. The thing that sucks is, you know, for a, especially for a situation like this, I would absolutely love to be able to email Sydney or email Maria right now and just be like, what the hell is going on? What happened? Because I'm not getting the full story watching this episode. So, Sydney, why are you so mad at her? It can't be because of the Medina comment. There's no way. Or even, even emailing Maria. Maria, what is going on here? But they're not allowed to talk to me. That's the thing that sucks. So we'll see what they say publicly. We'll see what they put out on any sort of social media. We'll keep track of that. But I'm telling you by watching this episode, yeah, I think Sydney's being way too harsh. But I don't think she's being harsh out of nowhere. And that's where I'm wondering, where is this coming from? And I'm wondering what's not being shown. If anything, maybe nothing's being shown. Or, you know, everything's being shown that happened. I don't get the sense that it is, but, you know, I could be wrong. So Jen's one-on-one, she talked about her parents and does not have a relationship with her dad anymore. She grew up and they were fighting a lot. Dad slept downstairs for six years, stuff like that. That was an awful story to hear. Dad is not a part of her life anymore. But the thing that, here's the only thing I want to talk about in regards to the Jen date. (laughs) What was that at the end? Like when they went outside, I was like, oh, here comes the fireworks show, you know, and but then they went outside and it was like just a, a lit up message that, you know, said, Jen, will you accept this rose? I was just wondering, where was that coming from? It was just was it just like a screen that had a bunch of lights on it and you can just program it to say certain things? I, I guess what I'm saying is I've never seen that before, especially in the history of this show. You would think that would have been done a few times. I've never seen that. I, I've never I thought it was actually pretty cool. Because usually when they step outside and say, hey, look up in the sky, it's a fireworks show. But this one wasn't fireworks. It was like a, a lit up message. I guess I, I just I didn't know what it was. I never or I'd never seen it before. And then we got the tennis date because Joey plays tennis, in case you didn't know. They had the babies. You had the hot dog and the bun, the beehive and the lobster and butter team. And the lobster and butter team was Evelyn and Kelsey T. Um that who it was? Yeah. They ended up winning. And on that group date after party, Caitlin got the group date rose. She was the first one we saw him talk to. And she basically said, hey, man, got a lot of pressure on me. All the women in my family are single and they all want me to get married soon. I guess her mother has five sisters and every single one of them is single. 
It's a hell of a lot of pressure to put on Joey Caitlin. Hey, uh, they, everyone, everyone in my party here, everyone in my family, uh, no one's uh, no one's latched up right now. So um, can we uh, get a ring on this? So um, Rachel talked about her dad and how important he is in her life. Daisy uh, told him, "Do you want to touch it?" Which obviously sent thoughts through Joey's head and all of our heads. Um, but gave her the perfect answer. She's talking about her cochlear implant. And then he gave her the answer. Um, you know, you know, she says that her cochlear implant makes her, that's what makes her different from everybody else. And he said, no, it makes you special, not different. And I think about 98% of the people watching the show's hearts melted when he gave her that line. The pool party was interesting only because we've never had such blatant product placement on this show before. Have we? I've never seen such product placement that they did last night. I mean, buckets of KFC. It wasn't just like, oh, every single food that they ate at that party was fried chicken, which I don't think was probably the meal any of those women who were in bikinis at a pool wanted to eat before getting in the bikini. But whatever. It's they got to do it for the show. And we had KFC. I noticed they didn't have their mashed potato bowl or whatever, but they had all the goodies from KFC. I mean, KFC for fast food chicken is damn good. Got to say. So props to them. But, I mean, they just went all out. They had the Colonel Sanders floaties with the bucket of chicken in the armrest. The end of the show, the extra credit scene was Jesse literally in the Colonel Sanders floaty saying things that we've been asking for years. <laughs> Just talking about him at the end of the show. He's like, why am I saying there's one rose left? There's obviously one rose left. We can all see it. I mean, the show, dare I say the show is becoming self-aware? I don't know. But um, the Sydney and Maria stuff went back and forth during the pool party. So we basically saw him talk to nobody else, at least no significant time with anybody else. And again, I've already given you my thoughts on the Maria Sydney thing. It's going to all come to an end next week. So you can complain about it this week and be like, Oh my God, when is this going to end? Drama, drama, drama. This like, you're acting like this is what the show, this is new. Like this is what the show does in the early episodes. They have to have drama in the house. And this is what they've chosen this season. It's no different than Zach's season. It's no different than Clayton's season. It's no different than Matt's season. There's always drama in the early episodes. And this is what they've chosen to be the drama this season. Sydney and Maria. Putting him on a two-on-one date next week. He dumps Sydney and keeps Maria. Then we'll see where it goes from there in terms of everybody else. But there's nothing more to say about it because there's just too much ambiguity happening in that whole situation. So that's episode three. I'll have more in my recap up on realitysteve.com. So check that out. Did you see... I, I finally found the tweets that I was talking about. Remember I said, hey, the challenge has got some serious drama happening off screen. And this was a month ago. These are these tweets are from December 27th. So we were, I don't know how many episodes into the challenge we were. It seems like the challenge lasts five months to get through a whole season. But um, this was all about uh, Norris and Olivia who clearly after last week's episode, it has hit, you know, an all-time low because Olivia could have saved Norris and she didn't. She saved Mariah. Norris went out and beat Horacio and beat Kylan. She, now she's coming back into the house, all guns a-blazing. So basically what she said 
back on December 27th was someone wrote to her, real friends don't go on social media to attack their friend. Narice responded, you see how Kylan talks about me and Horacio? That's how real friends should speak about each other. Olivia should take notes. And then someone said, one reason I love Olivia is because she's not blowing up my feed with petty social media drama. She explains what she needs to with very few posts. So then Narice, I guess, got triggered and just went all in. This was a month ago. And so clearly her, her tune hasn't changed. And she set the table a month ago for, look, it's not going to get better at any point this season between me and Olivia. So this is what she said. And she directed it at Olivia in her tweet. Since you want to like dumbass tweets that you very much know aren't true, let me go ahead and expose you since MTV want to save you with edits. You're a fake ass, pathological liar, and majority of the cast know that. You sucked Emmanuel off a week after we got the house, and he was embarrassed, which is why he never hooked up with you again, despite you trying for weeks. You then lied and said y'all had sex. You then made up a story saying Kylan professed his love to you, when he never did. Oh, and please don't have me expose what you said your reasoning was as to why you didn't like Kyland like that. Go ahead, and while you do... Oh, someone said, don't make us call Farah again to kick that loose P-word again. And Nerese said, go ahead, and while you do, ask her who embarrassed her in person in real life to the point where she went running to security, scared to try and get me kicked out. I don't fight on TV, boo. Someone said, Narice, I love you, but the slut-shaming isn't it. And she said, trust me, no one is slut-shaming, especially considering y'all know I'm definitely a do-whatever-the-TF-you-want type of person. I never said what she did was wrong, talking about Olivia, just bringing to light that she's not as innocent as she likes to make it seem. And that's not even half of it. So then Olivia responded with four tweets. It's not my fault you're like in love with me or something. Then she wrote, here's the shovel, keep digging, XOXO. Then she wrote, the friends you have are the friends you deserve, period, love you, the end. And then she tweeted, at Narice, I'll always love you, with kiss emoji. Like I said, that was December 27th. That was a bunch of tweets that were sent out at end of December. And here we are in the second week of February for this week's Thursday or Wednesday episode. And Narice is about to come back in the house after Olivia did her dirty. There's obviously more to this. I think Narice laid out some things there that maybe we as the audience did not know about. Has the show ever mentioned anything this whole season about a hookup between Olivia and Emmanuel? No, they haven't. They haven't even alluded to it. Did we see any all season of Olivia saying that she would never hook up with Kyland. No, we haven't seen that. We're taking Narice at her word here. Maybe she's exaggerating the truth. We don't know. I'm sure we're going to get our answers at the reunion, but this is the stuff that I think has made the challenge more interesting this season. And when you look at it, you're just like, wow, as we head towards the final challenge here, and as I've said, look, nobody is likable in this house this season. I don't care who wins. Now I just want Narice to win because she's carrying the torch for Kylan and Horacio, who were the two best competitors in the house and didn't get involved in drama and just wanted to go out there and win and do good. Horacio's like the nicest guy in the world that's ever played this game and also one of the most badass. Kylan, too. And 
Would have loved to have seen them win. But now that Norris advanced past them next week, I hope she wins. Now, I also want to find out an explanation because Olivia is going to be flat out asked this at the reunion show, I got to believe. Maria Menounos is hosting it. I got to believe the first question once we get through, you know, whoever won and stuff like that is, Olivia, the biggest moment of the season was when you could have saved Norris and instead put her in the, um, you know, the challenge with Horacio and Kylan. Why did you save Mariah over Norris? And I just want to know what her answer is. I don't know what's going on. Olivia made it seem like Horacio and Norris in for men and women were her were her ride or dies. And I, we, I just don't know. I'm confused as just uh, as the rest of you. So I can't wait till the finale. I think the finale is in two weeks and then the reunion show is a week after. So we're getting close. And I, I really, really want to know what's going on here because it's very, very confusing. It's almost like the Sydney Maria fight. Like I feel like stuff is not being shown. And based on Narisa's tweets, there are things that are definitely not being shown on the challenge this season. I don't know if it means it's once they want to protect Olivia or whatever. I just want to know from Olivia, straight from her mouth, why did you save Mar- Mariah over Norris when it seemed like you guys had patched things up and you were good to go for the rest of the game when especially the actual challenge before Norris was put in the position. She had a chance to save Horacio or Kylan and she chose to save you. And then you couldn't do her the same favor in the very next challenge. That's what is confusing to me. So hopefully we'll get our answer soon. Anyway, thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. Follow me on Apple Podcasts. Also rate and review. It's not good enough to be subscribed anymore. You got to hit play on every episode. I'd really, really appreciate it. If you did that, the Sports Daily will be up in an hour from now. A condensed version of my recap will be up in two hours on realitysteve.com. Thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. And I will talk to you tomorrow. See you.